Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Welcome. I'm so glad you can join us on Mission Evolution, where we bring the latest knowledge from today's leading experts to support your evolutionary process. This hour, we'll explore the global mind, quantum physics, and multidimensional reality. No exploration into human evolution of consciousness is complete without considering the multidimensional reality, unity consciousness, and how quantum physics relates to our experience. Once these topics are added to the discussion, a whole new dimension of understanding opens up. Yet these concepts are on the leading edge of science and often difficult to wrap one's head around. With us this hour to hopefully demystify these complex but intriguing topics is Carl Johann Kalman. Carl has a PhD in physical biology from the University of Stockholm. He was a senior researcher at the School of Public Health at the University of Washington. He's spent the last 25 years developing an understanding of the Mayan calendar. He's lectured in 25 countries and written seven books. His current focus is on the application of macrocosmic quantum theory. His website, Kalaman.com. Carl, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Oh, thank you so much, Guilda, for having me. I'm looking forward to this. I am too. So how did your interest progress from physical biology to the study of the Mayan calendar and the evolution of human consciousness? Well, um, I think for, for most of my uh, graduate years and so, or so, the, the two uh, trains of, uh, of, uh, of science run in parallel. In other words, I, I was, uh, on the one hand, I, I had this background and developed this background in the hard sciences. On the other hand, I also had this sideline of uh, Mayan understanding of the, of the world. And then it simply came a point uh, around 1993 where I decided that you know my real purpose in life is really then to follow through with a Mayan calendar. Uh, it's uh, you know both uh, the way I look upon it, the Mayan calendar is a science as well as what I used to work with molecules and atoms and so forth. That is also a, a science, but they are they focused on different uh, areas. You might say the the studies the traditional quantum physics and and the kind of chemistry work that I would do is focusing on the subatomic level, on the microcosmos. Whereas my work over the past maybe 30 years or so has focused on the macrocosmos, the, the, the greater perspective. And also there, I have found that there are quantum effects taking place, but they are a little bit of a different nature. Um, and um, 
but anyway, for, for me personally, uh, you know, I just felt to spend my life with the microcosmos all the time would be a little bit too much. I wanted to also see the bigger picture, which is the macrocosmos. And for that, I think the Mayan calendar is something that's absolutely necessary, even though uh, a lot of people have never really heard of, of it or even uh, looked into it more deeply. So it's kind of like as above, so below. You need to look at the small to see the big and vice versa. So after the world didn't end on 12-21-12, like many people interpreted the Mayan calendar to say, most people relegated the Mayan calendar to just another um, hysterical concept with no substance at all. Would you speak to the seemingly, why seemingly nothing happened on that date? Well, you know, there, there was this date and I would consistently say, I, I, that, that must be repeated, I would consistently say nothing will happen on this day, partly because it was a miscalculation, but more importantly, because the Mayan calendar is not about something happening on a particular date. It is about long waves of evolution. And some of these waves are as long as 2 billion years. Now, there are also shorter waves that go, you know, are like 36 days, but uh, periods of, of 36 days. But there is nothing really that would uh, make us believe that something specifically would happen on a particular date. What is really about is to see these longer term waves and see how these play out in, in human life and on life on our planet, uh, more generally speaking. So if, if I'm understanding you right, where they cover these, the Mayan calendar covers these hugely long waves, and we expect something to happen overnight, yeah. um, that's ridiculous. So basically, whatever change happens goes over lifetimes rather than from one day to the next. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, more or less so. It's, it's a system of different waves, and it's a system of waves with different frequencies. Or, or in other words, uh, there are some periods, as I said, that are billions of years, but then there are also shorter periods that are like uh, 36 days. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, and so together, these different waves create an interference pattern that sort of underlies our physical reality. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, they form a quantum field and the evolution of that quantum field, which then is formed by the interaction of all of these different waves, that is really what uh, shapes reality as we know it. So you're, you're basically saying that the Mayan calendar maps the frequencies that become ambient frequencies at any given time on the planet? Uh, ambient? Sorry, I don't understand that word here. Okay, ambient. Um, in other words, the Mayan calendar maps the frequencies that we're subject to at any yeah. given time on the planet. Absolutely. And if you start to study it, you will find that everything in, in the evolution of humankind, as well as the, you know, the underlying evolution of biology, everything fits with the different shift points in, in these waves. Um, I, I would say, you know, I haven't found anything that evolves that is not subject to these waves of creation that the Maya would chart. So is that the same, but a uh, much smaller picture that we're charting with the uh, horoscope? Um, it, it's, a, it's a different thing, though. Um, the a horoscope is really based on what I would say Newtonian physics. It, 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 it's, it's about physical bodies, celestial bodies, planets, etc., and how they supposedly interact and influence human life. The Mayan calendar is not based on that kind of Newtonian old physics. It's based on uh, uh, quantum physics. And, and what that means, it, it is not subordinated to the uh, physical reality. It's, it's a consciousness reality that is primary to the physical effects that we see around us. So it's, it's a completely different philosophy. It's, it's where the, the, in the Mayan calendar, 
consciousness is primary to matter or the evolution of consciousness is what drives everything. Whereas in, for instance, in astrology and horoscopes, the matter, the mass of these objects and so forth, is really ultimately what determines where, what a horoscope looks like. It's two different kinds of physics that underlie these ways of approaching reality. Well, what I find fascinating about what you're telling us is that how long ago did the Mayans come up with this calendar? And yet right now, um, quantum physics is like, woo, the, the leading edge of our science. Uh, how do you put that, those two together? How did they come <laughs> up with it? <laughs> right, right. And it's, it's, I would have to talk a little bit about the, or a lot about the history of science in order to explain that. But to begin with, uh, uh, the, the, it, the, the Mayan calendar is unique on our planet in one specific regard. And that is exactly what I just uh, addressed. It is not based on uh, um, physical uh, cycles. It's not based on the revolution of the moon around the earth or the revolution of the earth around the sun which other calendars like a Gregorian calendar is. Now, what that means is that they must have sensed this evolution of consciousness. And so for that reason, they started to develop a, a calendar uh, that describes the evolution of consciousness. To, to, to come to the modern world, uh, um, and, and the, the science of uh, the quantum physics um, is quite unrelated, you might say. You might say that the, the, the Mayan calendar system was hidden and forgotten for, for maybe 1500 years or something like that. And it's only now that we can start to, to see how it actually was in a certain sense a, a, a predecessor to the quantum idea, the idea that evolution takes place as a, a function of, of quantum leaps. That is fundamental. And that's fundamental. Um, it's what they described by the, the pyramids. But in order to do that, they really didn't have to go through all the, all the kind of studies of, of atoms and, and so forth that underlies the modern history of, of quantum uh, theory. It sounds like um, it was, a, if you say it was more of something they sensed, it sounds more like a, a shamanic skill uh, combined with math. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you have to, I think, sense the, these uh, waves. I mean, you can do that. I mean, modern people can do that once they know what they are supposed to sense. Uh, well, we're going to have to pick up on sensing on these waves on the other side of a commercial break. Carl and I will return shortly, so don't go away. This is Mission Evolution. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter pound i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer with no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees banking with capital one is the easiest decision in the history of decisions even easier than choosing charles barkley in a pickup game we'll take barkley ha first pick sorry kids yep even easier than that with no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Again, this is Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. 
With us this hour discussing the ancient Maya and the global mind is Carl Kalman. His website, carlkalman.com. Carl, we were getting into how the Mayans um, access this very, very, very complex uh, calendar that's still accurate today. I mean, it is still accurate today, yes? Yes, absolutely. And, and what relevance does it have to us today? What, what can we use and when we bring it to the street? What can we use as individuals to help us understand our evolution that comes from the Mayan calendar? Well, you know, I think we, we're all in resonance with these cosmic waves. Um, and um, there are nine, nine basic waves uh, that, that are creating our reality. And uh, each one of these uh, waves uh, provides for a, a certain state of consciousness. And uh, as we humans develop resonance with these states of consciousness, we start to perceive reality in a different way. And as that happens, we will also start to create reality in, in, a, in a different way. So everything we, we create in, in the external world, so to speak, always goes back to the kind of states of consciousness that we have downloaded or, or created resonance with. And at the current time, uh, um, all these nine waves have been activated. It's a long, the whole history of the universe can be explained by the sequential activation of these different states of consciousness. But at the current time, and that's really the, the significant meaning of the year 2011, is that that meant that now all nine waves have been activated. And uh, <clears throat> these waves, uh, we don't relate to them in an identical way. Uh, it has to do to some extent with what ways we are cultivating our resonance with. But okay, so let's let me back you up just a little bit here to make sure we're, we're following along. Mm -hmm. So we, we now um, have all nine waves available to us. Yes. But each according to his gifts and each according to his limitations, the ones that we're able to... Um, learn to uh, resonate with are the ones that we can express and register? Yeah, something like that. And, but it, <clears throat> we, we, we're all sort of combining these different waves. We, we all are expressions of like a interference pattern of, of these different waves. But yes, that, that's what we uh, have a choice about. It's really how do we relate to these different waves. And uh, one of the significant aspects of the, of the year 2011 was that, uh, was that the ninth wave, the one that is at the top, so to speak, uh, was, became accessible to us. Um, and, and uh, you know, I should backtrack a little bit and talk about the, the pyramids that the Maya built, that they were in, in the central big cities or, or temple sites that they would erect. They, the, there would always be a, a central pyramid built in nine levels. So the whole idea of climbing a pyramid like that is really a, a, just an enactment of taking part in the evolution of the universe. Amazing. And, and uh, these nine levels are like quantum states of consciousness. So you, you don't slide gradually into, from one to another. Instead, you sort of climb them and you go through a sequence of quantum leaps leading up to that top level. And that was what became accessible. The top level became accessible in, in 2011. And, okay, well, there, yeah. there are so many topics that we could um, lose ourselves in, but yeah. I'd really like to focus on the global mind, quantum physics, and multidimensional reality. That ought to keep us busy, right? Yeah. Uh, so let, let's start with, <laughs> what's the global mind? Well, the global mind is uh, in uh, the, the mind of the planet, so to speak. So human beings download uh, uh, um, 
our minds. The mind is not created by the brain. That's a common illusion that people have. The, the, the mind is downloaded and is downloaded primarily uh, from the, the, the global mind. And then the global mind actually downloads it from, from the galactic mind, and then the galactic mind downloads it from, from the cosmic mind. So everything is sort of emanating from this cosmic center. And then uh, as, as one of those intermediate levels, you can talk about the global mind. So to give you an example of that, you, you may go to the beginning of the sixth wave that took place uh, about 5,200 years ago, if you want to be exact, 3,115 BCE, according to the Mayan calendar. And uh, the result of, of that wave was the emergence of civilizations on our planet. So before that point in time, no, nobody has ever found any uh, real civilization on our planet. But then what happens is that independently, uh, people in, in Mesopotamia, in Egypt, and in the Indus Valley start to create civilizations. And not only that, in several other um, places in the world, people start to create pyramids, build pyramids. And it happens at the time when actually a shift took place, a quantum leap took place on the level of the global mind. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen simultaneously all in, in locations as far distant as Peru, where people started to build pyramid 5,200 years ago, but also in Mongolia, in addition to the more famous first civilizations in, in Egypt and Mesopotamia and so forth. And that so, tells us, let me finish that, the, the fact that this happened simultaneously and had similar effects all over the planet tells us that somehow there is a global mind in operation that we human beings are in resonance with. And so wherever we happen to live, we will be able to download that particular aspect of the, the global mind. So basically, you've, you've demystified the hundredth monkey theory in that uh, they, the study yeah. they did where the monkeys on dissimilar islands that had no contact started all started doing the same thing at the same time where they hadn't displayed that behavior before. So this is the same thing that we, well, like the car was invented in various places at the same time. So yeah. this is because we have access to the global mind. And as the frequency rises, we have access to larger portions of it, kind of like more colors on the palette that we're painting with. Yeah, you might say that with every new activation of a new state of consciousness, and we can use the pyramids and their, their terraces as a, as a metaphor for that. With every new activation, new things come into use. New, uh, we, we increase our palate, uh, as, as you would say. So, you know, you might say this was the sixth wave. It started, it created civilizations. Then uh, 250 years ago, about, there was the, the seventh wave that created the industrial revolution. And then uh, 21 years ago, 22 years ago, there came the eighth wave that created the digital revolution. So, and, and those become global, maybe not immediately, but at, at the time of inception of such a new quantum leap, they begin to spread until eventually it will spread all over the, uh, the, the planet. But as you can see that with a new activation, for instance, of the industrial revolution and then with a digital revolution, the, the complexity increases, the number of col colors we can paint with. In other words, the, the, the number of minds that, that are, are here to shape reality will increase. So uh, this sounds cyclic are, are, as these different levels of reality become available to us, these different frequencies. So as we evolve, do we also then go into a cycle where we're devolving again? Well, I wouldn't say devolve, but uh, something like that is happening because- Where we lose access to the frequency that we now yes. have access to. 
Yes, exactly. That is what what uh, what happens. Uh, you can say, you know, the the biblical term for this was to talk about the days and nights of creation, so to speak. Uh, in, in the in the Mayan view, you might talk about the, a serpent that goes up in peaks that moves like a, a, a wave movement, so to speak. And then there will be times when there is forward movement. These are the days, these are the peaks, so to speak, when new creativity um, is being expressed along the lines of, of these different revolutions that I, I, I talked about. Um, but, but then there are also the, the valleys in between, the nights, so to speak. And what, what happens then is that the, the forward movement, the, 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 the drive to create and so forth goes down. And several of the things, you know, that have been created in the previous day may actually become obsolete. They, they, well, they, we're, Carl, we're going to have to pick up on the days and the nights on the other side of yet another commercial break. Carl and I will return to our discussion shortly, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka, missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Carl Kalaman. We're speaking about quantum physics and multidimensional reality. His website, carlkalaman.com. Carl, we were just getting into the days and the nights on the calendar and how this isn't just a, a constant climb, but rather a cyclic thing. And so it sounds from what you've been telling us that we've kind of reached the top of the waves where we have more um, colors available to us to build our reality with. And, but then the natural thing is what goes up comes down. And you were about to describe what does it look like when we start to lose frequency versus gain it? Would you continue with that, please? Yeah, so uh, typically what, what happens in these time periods that are nights is that um, things get integrated the what what happened in the past was integrated and some kind of preparation is taking place for the next peak uh, uh, to come and sometimes this has led to the the collapse of civilizations. Uh, so there are several examples of that, but sometimes there is also just simply a, a transformation of civilization that, that takes place. Uh, the, the previous, it is almost like in these nights, uh, there is a need to rest, so to speak, to 
to stop that forward movement according to a preset mind and instead take a rest, integrate what's happened. And some people, some things will then disappear or, and at some point, this has also led to the downfall of civilizations. So actually it's a spiral then, not just a circle. Uh, so, so even the knights are evolutionary in their own right that we're incorporating um, and then moving forward in a different way than we would have without the previous day. Yeah, um, and it's not you know the 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 concepts of a dark age is has a very negative con connotation uh, to people. Um, and in, in certain of these waves, we are now in dark ages. And, and that's really, you know, we, we don't like, if you compare to uh, the Western world, uh, say 20 years ago, there was a completely different forward movement in everything that was being created. At the current time, it, it's almost like things have come to, the, to a stop, so to speak. And uh, th that has to do with the fact that in the sixth wave, there was a shift to a night, um, and you could call it a dark age. But it's not just th that uh, uh, a, 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 a night is, is a bad thing. Uh, it, it's also not only a time of integration, but it's also a time of, of, of basically um, more equality uh, potentially being created uh, and several uh, other things. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not uh, day is good and, and uh, night is bad. It's, it's not that, but they're definitely different. And, uh, you know, today, most people will say that, well, things have come to a halt or came to a halt because of the pandemic and so forth. On the other hand, you might wonder why, why was there a pandemic? And pandemics tend to come in, in time periods that are dark ages in, in the Mayan calendar system. And so it's sort of uh, the physical reality in this case of pandemic is really a function to the, of these wave movements, these evolutions of, of consciousness that, that I'm talking about. So basically, they make the soup where a pandemic is more likely to occur uh, by the frequencies that are present during the different times. Yeah. So let's change gears just a little bit. What is macrocosmic quantum uh, theory? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, there is quant the quantum theory that was developed about 100 years ago uh, by Max Planck, uh, uh, Albert Einstein, and Niels Bohr and several others, was basically a theory about the microcosmos. It was a theory about uh, um, uh, what happens in the atom, what happens in the, uh, with the uh, electrons moving and, and such kind of questions, um, and really didn't have so much direct influence on, on human life. You know, it's, it's really a microcosmic theory. Um, now, macrocosmic theory is, look, is taking a number of the same uh, kinds of phenomena, but uh, using it in the uh, macrocosmic. So when I talk about these nine levels, nine states of consciousness, and how to get from one to another, you will have to do a quantum leap, then I'm talking about a different kind of quantum theory. It's still very much quantum theory, because it's still about distinct levels of, of evolution. And that's, you know, it's the same thing if you study the, the, the atom, that there are distinct orbitals that these different uh, electrons uh, can be in. But this is a completely different application. It's macrocosmos. If we want to understand how world, the, uh, our world has evolved on the larger scale, then we have to study macrocosmic quantum theory. And the microcosmic quantum theory that these pioneers would develop 100 years ago really doesn't have too much to say, at least not when it comes to the specifics of what is happening in the world. So what is exactly a macrocosmic quantum leap? Sounds like we're experiencing them. Yeah, we are. So um, 
for instance, there are certain uh, um, uh, states of consciousness that are dualist. Um, you know, typically, uh, the, if if we go back to this example I talked about earlier, the 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 sixth wave, six out of the nine waves. The sixth wave was the one then that created human civilizations, and but it was a dualist wave. And so that's the reason that we have had 5,000 years of a, a tremendous amount of, of brutality and inequality and dominance and uh, uh, very uh, often conflictual human relationships and, and so forth. How could that be? Well, if your mind, if you download a mind in this case that is uh, uh, has one half uh, is light and one ha half is dark. What that means is that you will project that imbalance onto reality. And you will think that you will project it in such a way that some people will be looked upon as bright and light and others will be looked upon as darkness. And then that whole thing becomes a basis for a social stratification, inequality, the pharaohs rule the slaves, et cetera, et cetera. The, the 5,000 years basically of, of human history that has been based on a mind of duality. It's, it's not just a bad thing again, because that's what created civilization. We would not have had a civilization unless we would have started to download this particular uh, state of consciousness of duality. But it's also had these effects. And uh, this is part of, uh, you know, it's, it, it's the, you might say that it, the, this, this climb of the pyramid is really like a climb from unity through duality, through separation. And that's what I just talked about. The, the sixth wave is the separation and duality and so forth. And then ultimately back to unity. And that's being uh, the, the, the promise of the ninth wave, the top level, so to speak. After having gone through all of this separation, uh, as you said, it is a spiral development looked upon in a certain way. It, it, it's the, that is the purpose of this whole cosmic plan that the Maya have outlined for us is the return to that state of, of unity consciousness. And what that means is that it's, it's about projecting another kind of reality onto everything, onto which your- Which creates another kind of a reality. So exactly. whatever we project is what we experienced. So yeah. how can understanding where we've been help us navigate our way through these challenging, changing times? Well, you know, I think it's true for everything that you have to know what you're dealing with in, in order to uh, deal with it, so to speak. And, and um, even though I would say this is really probably the, the, the most uh, comprehensive way of understanding reality that exists on our planet, there's nothing that so simply actually explains uh, all of, of evolution. Um, even so, there is a lot to learn about it, and, and it, you can never sort of communicate more than a little bit of tidbits in, 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 in words like this. Um, but uh, I think, you know, in order to uh, uh, use it, and of course it depends on how do you want to use it, what do you want to have, uh, you know, a lot of people still want dominance, so to speak, or they want to dominate the situation and they want the big ego and, and so forth. In other words, they, they still want to continue to be in that sixth wave mindset that has created so much suffering and dominance and, uh, and so forth. But some people, and I hope the, a lot of people actually want to transcend that and want to take the, the, the make the quantum leaps 
up to the highest level, which is the, the unity consciousness of, of, of the ninth wave. And, that is but, my uh, hope. That is my hope also. And we'll go into how we as individuals can choose that, given the information you're sharing on the other side of a commercial break. Carl and I will be back shortly with more microcosmic quantum theory. So don't go away. This is Mission Evolution. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To find out more about me, my school, and the other evolutionary tools we offer, visit findyourpathhome.com. This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Carl Kalaman. His website, kalaman.com. Carl, we were getting into the, the, the concept that what we experience is a result of what we choose to project, regardless of what's available on the palette. And how we do now, because of the wave that we're in, has so many more colors of things that we can experience. How can we as individuals choose to take advantage of this and come out of the, the darker state of mind or the more limiting state of mind of dominance, control, and selfishness? Yeah. <clears throat> Before that, I'd like to point out something that, you know, the title of, of our talk today is the, also about multidimensional reality. And I just would like to clarify that each of these states of consciousness, each of these levels of the pyramid, so to speak, actually brings a particular dimensionality of, of, of consciousness. And the reason reality is multidimensional is that it is a composite of all of these different levels. Um, uh, and now to, to address your, your question here, you know, I, I think a, a significant thing is to, to learn about how the universe actually evolves. And so I do recommend uh, heart, wholeheartedly my own work, uh, which really, the, the Mayan calendar has been so misinterpreted, so much uh, ignored in, in its original meaning, I, I would say that uh, that is a very important thing to study. Um, the, then the, the question is, you know, how do we practically suppose, suppose you want to uh, go up to the ninth and highest level? Uh, to some extent, that means also leaving behind uh, much of the ego and, and uh, becoming from another uh, perspective, the, the kind of perspective that, that comes uh, with the ninth wave, the unity consciousness. And it also takes somewhat of a quantum leap to get there. In other words, you will not necessarily get there just by doing more of the same. Um, before I go, go into that uh, uh, more deeply, um, you know, the, so the first thing I would say, study what, what, how the evolution of consciousness actually happens. And it's not just a personal thing. It's very much a, a global cosmic thing that we humans may develop resonance with and hook up to. But you can never understand it just by having the focus on yourself as an individual. Second, that, let let, let yeah. me interrupt before you go on to the second one. Does that have to do with um, uh, being able to leave your own small ego in order to connect with the global mind where the, the higher frequencies are, the, the more information is located? I think it just that just happens as you uh, as you cultivate your resonance with the with the highest level, so to speak. I think it drops. Uh, uh, 
that's all I can say about that. So yeah. if if that's the case, what about our masters, um, you know, like Jesus and Buddha, and we, we could go on and on and on. They seem to have accessed a level of the global mind and above well beyond what was present on the planet at the time. How did that work? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to be able to explain everything. Um, I, I think overall, we may not know that much about these uh, people that are considered masters in the past. I think, you know, to some extent, we have created images that we, we would like to see have been the case. But how would we know, really? I, I think so. Uh, but there could also be some people that have sort of, uh, what should I say, premonitions or precognitions of the coming states of consciousness. Um, I mean, certainly the fact that the Maya were able to describe a cosmic plan leading up to that tells us that somehow they were at, were, were at least aware of this uh, possibility. And then what that means is that some individuals uh, might have reached those kind of states of, of, of consciousness. Um, would, would that be like somebody that has been um, vigilant about uh, absorbing and resonating with each stage as it comes along? So they're kind of writing at the top of, the, of what's available. And so when the new one opens up, they have better access? Yeah, that might very well be the case. That might be it, yeah. Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. So if reality is multidimensional, what dictates what dimension we experience? Um, well, yeah, that, that I, I can't answer that. I guess that's the best answer I can give. Uh, I mean, it is, yeah, to some extent, yes, we cultivate these uh, uh, levels of consciousness and, and with that comes a certain dimensionality of experiencing reality. We cultivate it, but then at the same time, they are given to us, these different states of consciousness. And how this interaction plays out in detail will, will probably be different from individual to individual. Why are we seeing this unbelievable upheaval at this time? If we're, if we're being able to access um, a higher wave and a more unified field, why is everything in such a mess, Carl? Well, it is, I think, partly because the sixth wave went into a, a night in uh, uh, 10 years ago. Um, and, and this is a fairly long term uh, thing. Reality isn't the way it was more than 10 years ago. Um, and uh, uh, so, the, you know, we lived, you and I, uh, we have lived our lives within one uh, state of consciousness in the day mode, you might say, of the sixth wave. And then that shifted in 2011 and went into a night mode. And it doesn't seem like anything applies uh, that, that we used to, uh, that we were used to. Uh, the, the world has shifted. Everybody is looking through um, uh, different kinds of filters to their mind. These states of consciousness give filters to people. But most importantly, people don't know this because they didn't find out about the Mayan calendar. And, and so they don't know that a significant shift has taken place on the level of the human mind. It's not the same mind anymore as it used to be. And, and then we still try to work have things work according to what it was like more than 10 years ago. But that, that, that is a, a losing battle. It, 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 we're into a new reality, a new state of consciousness, you might say. So everybody pining away for a return back to what they call normal might as yeah. well give up on that concept, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I would say so. so. You've mentioned a cosmic plan. We're, we're about at the end of our time together, but and this is a large topic, I know. But you, you say there's a cosmic plan. Would you go into that just a little for us? Well, you know, if you, you could say it's a simulation that has become a popular word to, to use. It's the same thing. In other words, evolution is driven by these waves of consciousness. Everything, every all, all aspects of history, all the national histories and all, all the inventions and everything like that actually goes back to these waves. And these waves, they, they emanate from the cosmic center. 
and uh, th they trickle down through the galaxies to the earth and down to, uh, to us. But that means that these waves actually provide a, 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 a cosmic plan. You know, it is like today, for instance, then uh, um, we still want to live, go back to the old normal, so to speak. But the cosmos, the cosmic mind has changed. And so uh, uh, that won't happen. And why is that? Well, it's because it's not consistent with the cosmic plan. There is a cosmic plan that shapes our perception of reality, that shapes our creativity. Uh, and uh, uh, that's how things work. Pretty fascinating. So Carl, what is your mission? Well, I, I look upon my mission uh, to as to simply explain how the evolution of, of the universe takes place. Uh, what seems to be the purpose of, of this uh, cosmic plan, and also to contribute to have that uh, plan um, manifest. Uh, 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 because we sort of in the, we have reached the highest level, but very few people are actually uh, participating in, in developing unity consciousness. And that is not just an individual thing. It's something that has to be done collectively. And it has to be done through a, a quantum leap in consciousness. Does that quantum leap, and we're just about out of time, but does that quantum leap in consciousness require larger numbers? Um, it, it happens, on, uh, yes, it, or what should I say? In order for the, uh, for the cosmic plan to manifest on our planet, it will take large numbers, yes. So that's, that's at least we know we're all in this together and there is something we can do. Carl, unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our guest this hour has been Carl Johann Kalaman, the author of seven books translated into 14 languages. His current focus is on the application of macrocosmic quantum theory. His website, kalaman.com. This has been Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our evolving world.